What do you get when you combine a licensed professional counselor who loves lifelong physical fitness with a strength and conditioning coach who loves mental development? You get Jonathan Pishner and Jerry Hanley, two guys who love to help you find ways to fix problems that will improve your life through what they call asymmetric habits, specific changes you can make with outsized payoffs. Howdy, 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 everybody. Welcome to another episode of Asymmetric Habits. Uh, still as yet, but I promise soon to be released podcast. Um, but I'm here with my good friend, JP, Jonathan Pitchner from Apex Counseling. And, of course, myself, Jerry, the East Coast Viking Hanley from Viking Performance Training. Uh, you know, two bearded, bald-headed guys who just love to talk life improvement um, from the physical side, the mental side, the emotional side, you name it, we're here to talk about things that basically almost everybody or so many people go through that really affects their lives and some of those smaller changes you can make that will vastly improve your situation, hopefully, or at least that mental space or the physical improvements, whatever it is you're going with. So today's topic, we got to hit on here a little bit later than expected, partially because we were talking about this topic in our own lives today. Um, is deloading from work. And, you know, we're a very work-centric society out here in the U.S. And we're a very more, more, more hustle culture. I keep having to work harder. Managers are a very keep doing more, keep putting more stuff on you. So, I mean, it's very simple to see where these issues of just having too much to do can come from, um, either from external or external factors or ourselves. And we just wanted to get together and talk about ways you can, like things you can do to basically unload yourself, even if it's just temporarily, reap some of the benefits to then be better at getting everything done right after that. Well said. You, you know, uh, for, for the portion of the audience who is not in the strength and conditioning world, uh, deload is uh, a word that basically means take a break even if it's not a full break it, it means uh to dramatically reduce uh what you're doing in service of making sure that you can continue to handle what you're doing so uh you might uh for those who have never heard of deload you might be doing hard workouts and then take a week where you are doing fairly light workouts um but really frankly what we're talking about is uh the ability to find some way to disconnect from uh, the things that put a lot of strain on you for the purpose of proper recovery. And it's, uh, you know, you were talking about hustle culture. It's really telling that we have to, to have a new word for take a damn break instead of like just saying that because, you know, apparently breaks are for yep useless lazy you know layabouts uh, uh but deload all oh, that that that's okay we can we're allowed to do that so so i, I couldn't help but notice the uh you know kind of what we've already as a culture have kind of turned that into that's so true and that's funny because i hadn't thought about that and you can really tell like this is something that part of why this is so hard for people or such a big thing for people to figure out how it could help them is that everybody's so resistant to this and you know like that's so often one of the biggest <laughs> one of the biggest hints where it's like hey no this could really be helpful for you is i would love to see that like what's the typical correlation between how resistant you are to it to how much it will actually help you if you do it and yeah like yeah i guess break, it would be high <laughs> yeah like taking a break is definitely one of those and just like you said in training um like or, or in work in both cases like we just always want to do more and we just hit that point where it's like, okay, more is better for a little bit, maybe if we're really not doing enough. But then he just, if it eventually is not the answer and is actually hurting us even more. Um, yeah. And there's a couple of ways to this. Like, yeah, we talked about both doing more, like just trying to do too much of the same thing, for example, but also just trying to do way too many things at once. And, and you know, just like we get stuck almost spinning our wheels because we just, if we're trying to go too many different directions, we end up going nowhere. And those are some of the things we really want to help people figure out is both get more uh, progress in the things that matter the most to them right now. And then also just be able to recover more from doing too much. Mm -hmm. 
So, so before we can get into how to fix, it's, it's important that, that there's actually two two populations here of people who need to uh, work on deloading, and they actually have to take different advice. Uh, so there's people like you and me who are like super driven and just have trouble like not wanting to do more. That, that That's population number one. There's actually a second population that's important to talk to, which is people who've accidentally painted themselves into a corner and, and actually have to change a lot of stuff in service of, of doing this. So, so there's, there's actually going to be a group who might listen to this who – they won't be able to do much with some of the stuff we're saying today because they might actually have to do an actual job switch or, or something else because they, they have accidentally constructed their life in such a way that it, it doesn't allow for deloads. You know, if you, if you're a long haul trucker and also you have kids and also you take care of your sick mom, that that's a life where like it's accidentally been constructed where deloading is either difficult and maybe impossible. Right. Uh, so yeah, there's a portion of this that's uh, uh, going to not apply to certain people simply because they're in in that second group, but there's a ton of people who are in that first group that where they you know they actually can do a lot of stuff, and and probably that's primarily who we'll end up talking to today because how to get yourself out of that corner and how to change jobs that, that's a whole separate conversation. Right. I would say there's probably one more group. It's kind of a sub, just a, a strong niche of the first group the driven group in a way, but I would say it's the, uh, the squirrel group, just a shiny object group. <laughs> like, that's another one just about being pulled in so many different directions. And again, that can be because you're that's driven. Uh, I think I agree with you on that. Yeah. And that can be because again, you're, you're super driven. You just want to do awesome. And you always have these great ideas. You're a super visionary, or it could just be because you like squirrels and you like shiny objects. <laughs> Like, yeah, <laughs> does it just is what it is. Um, I mean, so which one do you want to talk to first? Which do you think is the most like down the middle, the most common? Well, so 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 let, let's talk about the internal voice first, because everybody has this in some way. Uh, I know what mine sounds like. I can make some reasonable guesses to what yours sounds like. Um, you know, but but all of us, if we have trouble getting away from work and deloading and and taking some of the strain off. Usually we have some sort of internal voice that, re that resists that and tells us how we shouldn't. Uh, and one of the things that I hear in my own head when I try and like uh, disconnect from work is, oh, just just this one more thing. Mm -hmm. Like, like I'll, I'll be at the end of the day and my, my, my internal voice, oh, well, but you really need to do this one too. And, and if, I'm, if I'm not paying attention to what I'm doing, I might end up with five extra tasks and stay at work an extra hour and a half. Uh, you know, sometimes, sometimes it's like that. Uh, sometimes it's, uh, you know, the imagining, uh, that like a five minute task actually takes zero minutes, which can, Oh yeah. So much. Yeah. You're familiar with that one, huh? Yep. <laughs> Rounding down. Like, yes, pr precisely. Like, like, like I, I have here a list of five minute tasks that I've done today, uh, which have taken me well up to now uh, from 8 a.m. And in my head, I was like, oh, man, this won't take very much time at all. And then once I got it done, I was like, good gracious, that was four hours. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, part of that is I feel like so often we'll take what we could feasibly do, but on like our best days like it's just that's when we're like fired up we're super in the zone yeah and we're knocking stuff there and we're like oh that's what like i can just do that all the time and yeah we make our plans based on on that like i said rather than our average and like mm -hmm. we talked about in, in previous episodes you know like without without any cushion time at all <laughs> and just yeah and then that yeah. it's instant recipe for failure because you just start you fall behind from the beginning and then we're like, again, we think we have to catch up by doing more going longer. Yep. Mm -hmm. yep. So, so no, no matter what it sounds like, like usually there's an internal voice that resists, uh, you know, the, the idea of being able to step away from stuff. Uh, so if I was going to tell people the first step, it's figure out what your internal voice is saying that causes you to, to not do this. Uh, and, and really, for a lot of people, it's probably already speaking now. Like, like as soon as I say, oh, man, you got to be able to take a break. It's fine. Like 
most people's internal voice then starts screaming well here's why that doesn't apply to me mm -hmm. uh so you know probably anybody listening to this is having that happen presently uh but even even if it's not like when you try to take a break what what is that what does that internal voice tell you uh because if you if you're not aware of the things that really like cause you to want to not take some sort of rest period it's going to be harder than fight that unconscious thinking. It's much easier to fight conscious thinking. Mm -hmm. So here's one of the big things that I've like, I feel like I've noticed when it comes to this and that is we tend to, I'm trying to, I man, I lost my train of thought. I'm trying to get it back already. It's, um, Oh yeah. So you need a deload. <laughs> <I really do. laughs> uh, it's focused, you know, like, uh, this is something else again, has come up, but you know, we're in that multitasking, society again where people keep thinking that it is it's even glorified to some degree how much can you multitask when you know like so many re like just so many pieces of information either research driven or simply like real world anecdotal driven show that focusing on less things and to their entirety or just at a time works so much better it's one of those things where we just well, what's the, what's the name for this? There has to be a name for this. When we just see the evidence and willingly just decide to ignore it because it doesn't fo focus on our bias. What's that the, called? The, there's half a dozen uh, cognitive biases that can cause that. Uh, so, I, I mean, okay, there's but several. Yeah. But, yeah, there's so much of that. And work is one of those things because when we have a lot to do, especially if they are those, like, smaller things, for example, like you were talking about, your five-minute tasks, we might think, oh, I can definitely knock all these out in this one time. Or maybe I can even do two things at once. And again, it doesn't matter how much evidence we have that we're just not actually good at doing that. Again, at least sustainably, long-term, one big push, you name it. Um, it's funny because, you know, we're here on this call. And, you know, the last couple of years have seen such a big rise in telework or just virtual meetings like this, you name it. Like, like how often the people in those calls are actually invested in the call versus doing something else on the side. You know, we're like, they have another screen here, like whatever it is, just like that right there. Like, you know, again, I feel like everybody who'd be listening to this, who is involved in this, that could be able to see if they can shake their head. Like, Oh, there's at least one time you've done that. If not, well, well, well heck, even, even with us right now, like, you know, 95% uh, of the people listening to this will be doing something else. They're mowing their lawn, they're on the treadmill, they're driving to work. So yeah, I mean, uh, single tasking in a way is forbidden now. Yeah, that, that's a perfect way of putting it. Yeah. And so, okay. So here's some of the things I want to get to is the actual problems that it's causing. Um, so I'm thinking like, I would like the, I'm going to talk about the health ones first, actually. And that is to just simply do it like one way or the other, whether it's just taking on too much work or trying to do too much in too short of a time or trying to do too many different things. And this, we're talking work, but this can be a few other things like the, like you or the person in your life who says yes to everything, whether it's work related or um, or neighborhood stuff, community stuff. Like, hey, we have this charity event this day. Hey, we're doing this event this day. And it's just, you know, yes, 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 yes. Because they want to help. That's awesome. But again, at some point, you just run out of like energy to be able to do those things in bandwidth and it wears you down. And again, so that can be work or just simply dipping your, like your foot in too many different pools. And that's just, it's just it's such a drain to do that not just because of the energy it takes but also flipping the switch from one to another like whether it is a task a project complete if it is different like going from work to community to work to community to family you name it all those things also take energy and in some cases lag time and that wears you down and then not just wearing you down energy wise if these things go on long well, well, well hold on pa pause there because there's I want to defend your point because there's a lot of people who just thought like, well, that doesn't happen to me. And, and I want to uh, I want to notice that you're, you're absolutely right. But there's a thing that it makes it difficult to notice that because um, in the moment, it doesn't feel like it takes extra energy to do that. Uh, you know, by, by switching between tasks, it does, but it doesn't feel like it. 
And one of the things that, that often happens is in the moment, like, okay, task switch, task switch, task switch, and that, you know, everything seems fine. And then at some point the energy runs out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's actually when you experience your, uh, your, um, difficulty. So if you've been multitasking for the last three hours and suddenly it's 11 AM and, and you, you suddenly feel like you're out of energy well, it's because of what was happening at nine 15. And a lot of people accidentally think that something happened at 11. So if you, if you want to, uh, determine exactly how good you are at multitasking, what you really do is single task for a while and see how much more energy you end up with and how much longer you can go. Mm -hmm. That's really what tells you. So, so I, I wanted to interrupt you to, to, to say that because most people don't, they don't know how to notice whether multitasking is uh, overtaxing. To them. Yeah, that's great. And I'm glad you did. Uh, and yet, well, like what I was saying there is that this is also the type of thing where we get so focused on just how this feels one day at a time that we tend to just think like, oh, I'm just tired today or like, yeah, like a good night's sleep or just a good like relaxing this weekend. We tend to think of all those things as like resets or just almost like finish lines. If we get there, we'll be okay. And yeah, like those moments of rest, if we really do take them as rest, are important to get to and take advantage of. But very few people actually try to, again, like be aware of what they're doing and actually improve these habits so that isn't the cycle that they literally live on. And because, you know, look at like, you know, if you're, say, a younger adult, whatever, look at people who are, you know, look at your parents or your aunts, uncles, or just simply older people you work with. The ones who seem to be like, you know, whether they have tired, like they're tired, they're chronically tired, or they have health problems, who share this type of feeling with always being tired with work. Very good chance they felt that way. 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, because this is a very cyclical thing that I feel like people are stuck. I get in, they get on this treadmill and just stay on it over and over again. They keep thinking about, oh, I'll just, you know, good night's sleep. Or I'll just finish this week without ever changing that. Mm -hmm. And the chances are so high of that. And again, this is the type of thing where being tired or just being fatigued becomes a greater state of being. And then eventually actually becomes, you know, whether it's chronic disease um, or, or just like the chronic energy problems, like this type of thing becomes a more real, more like, like risk factor, mm -hmm. not just simply a lifestyle piece, but an actual risk factor as well. And it's all based on what we've been doing over and over again, rather than actually looking at what we can do to change it. Yeah. So, so the, the thing you're describing is, uh, is a health effect is mostly the response to cortisol, the stress response hormone being built up over time and, and never really having a chance to go down. Uh, and, and for those who don't know, cortisol uh, builds up and has cumulative effects over time. So one of the things that happens a lot is people who, who are chronically overstressed, you can tolerate that for six months. You can tolerate it for a year, two years, some people even five years. But at some point you start to experience different types of breakdown and, and your risk of a whole slew of health issues goes up. So uh, what Jay's saying is, is right, is if you look at is somebody chronically overstressed and then 20 years later, are they having uh, multi-systemic health issues? you'll see a very high correlation between those things. So, so, so finding ways to take the foot off the gas is really uh, important oftentimes for your physical health, not just your mental and emotional health. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you know, a lot of people out there who, you know, they, um, they espouse very like natural or holistic means of healthy living, whether just, you know, very natural eating, things like that. You know, just taking one piece of that, Generally, what the one thing they all have in common is they have at least an understanding of what chronic inflammation does to people and, you know, how chronic just how eating like junk food or just processed food on a very regular basis that uh, that inflammation just accumulates and eventually leads to a lot of those health problems that they say they're trying to fix. Um, but just bringing that here. It's the same type of thing when it comes to work stress. We we have that cortisol level. 
Like I said, there's a very large amount of inflammation that goes with just like holding on to stress all the time. And again, those things just keep adding up and they lead to those eventual problems. Um, so actually, like, what can we do to, you know, what can you do to make at least that like constant work tiredness from doing too much and make it more manageable so you can recover it on a more regular cyclical basis? So really, there's really there's uh, two two things that that is wise to look at is your you know your short term deloads and breaks and, and your your medium to long term ones, um, and, and most people already know what the medium and long term one is. We have a special word for it in our culture. It's called a vacation. And most people don't really do vacations anymore in the way that you're supposed to because they take their computer with them and they're answering their emails and they're answering their text messages and they're not actually away from work. They happen to be at the beach, but they're not they're not actually away from work. Um, so so attending to how to properly deload on those medium to long term things, but also uh, on the on the short term. And and it's hard to figure out until you experiment precisely what each individual needs. So when I was starting my own business, I figured out some somewhat quickly with some experimentation because the hours I was working is I needed a very aggressive deload each week. And, and so for the first probably three, four, five years, uh, Saturday was deload day. I didn't call it that. Uh, I just called it my day off. But it was such an aggressive day off that it was if I decide to lay on the couch literally all day and watch TV, then that's fine. I, I had my permission to do that. And uh, also my team and everybody knew if it's Saturday, don't call me unless there's an emergency that is bigger than the building just burned down. If it's bigger than that, then you can call me. If it's just the building burned down, oh, well, uh, then I guess we'll figure it out on Sunday, uh, which, which was said a little tongue in cheek. But, but really, that was, I was setting the intention for, for both myself and everybody else that like, I'm taking such an aggressive day off that, that, that unless people are dying, that, then I really don't need to hear about it because it's not important enough to interrupt the day off. Uh, and I needed that for a long because I was working such, such absurd hours trying to get everything going. Now it's different and I take different types of deloads. Um, but, but I imagine you probably had a you know not dissimilar situation because starting a business takes crazy amounts of work. Like what, what was your deload like in the, in the early days of Viking? No, you're, you're definitely right. And so I had to go longer term with it actually in a way, like I, I basically was in the seven days a week, um, full days, uh, trap for a long time. And I mean, yeah, that, that was just what like it happened to take and building it up in the schedule we had. And I mean, yeah, if I knew, several business things you know sooner rather than later probably could have shortened that time frame but for me uh but so because i at least felt like at the time that like because i was at work open to close every day for a long time the um, even the day off wasn't really an option at the time um uh, so for me it was I, the biggest one early on was working out because I still did it on a more regular basis then than I actually do now. Um, just was on like a, a big plan. So that let me at least work off some stress. Um, but the other part for me was actually, I, I would say social interaction was the biggest deload for me because as people came in, I did want to actually create relationships with them and talk to them. So while it it wasn't a physical break, it was at least like a mental break and change up. So it made it more of feeling like I'm just in a community most of the time than I'm at work all the time. So, so you said something there, and, and, and you you maybe turned me into a bit of a liar, but 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 I think I think you're onto something good because I said, oh man, if if you've painted yourself into a corner, we might not have have too much for you. Maybe you just gave good advice for that because you had painted yourself into a corner. You're like, okay, here's Here's when the gym is open and oh, also that means I don't get a day off. And then you found ways to deload while at work. Uh, yeah, which... it was um, it, it was almost in a sense like using a different fuel in essence, because I mean, I was tired, <laughs> but but yeah, like it was like a different type of fuel that like kept it going and kept me refreshed. And as long as it was like an overall good community day, then I would at least get some more refreshment from that. Um, I mean, nothing replaced when 
finally just built up to the point where staff grew and we started having more like shifts and hours and eventually days off. I mean, yeah, that was like getting the actual physical chance to have rest time away was, I mean, was needed. But yes, it was actually like more community and emotionally driven before that. Yeah. So, so, so you found a good workaround until you could take proper rest and deloading. Exactly. Okay. And and that's, that's good for people to know because if, if you're painted into a corner, that might be something you can design into your own life is like, okay, well, I've got all this to do. Is there a way I can arrange things where it's at least less stressful or, or I, I burn a different type of, you know, mental fuel to, to do this task. So that's terrific. And it did, it definitely took me a while to finally start feeling more rested when I did take time off. Well, because like we talked about, I had to, in essence, recondition myself to not feel like I always had to be on, even if I wasn't at, at work. Like you said, like if I, on a rare occasion, like, you know, I, I travel more now, but those early rare occasions, if I took an actual day off or went to a trip, like you said, it was like, I'd be sitting there answering everything that came around. And yeah, so it took me some time to actually get to the point of telling staff like, yeah, like, okay, you know, in these segments or if I'm gone or just in general, I really want you guys to, you know, anything comes up. I want you guys to handle this. If at all you can first make that the first instinct and the first step, and then only call me if this gets to, you know, point B or whatever it is, or this goes on. Um, and yeah, like learning how to basically provide the, just create those boundaries, but then actually communicate to the people who would be enforcing them. And that's, yeah. yeah that's so, so these days, you know, being in a different spot, um, that driven internal voice, what's the evil stuff it says to try and like, keep you from taking a break now? Like, like, like what's, cause I, cause I'm betting there's a bunch of people that will share it. It is the three words right here. <laughs> and it is important versus urgent. That is the biggest struggle that I, that I personally fight with when it comes to the business on a constant basis is there are, so the important things are what I have classified as what I really want to do, either really want to do or recognize as this needs to get put in place so that we can move on to something else. Those are the important things, but they don't have necessarily a deadline to them versus the urgent work is all those things that do have deadlines or feel like they have deadlines. And that's where I really constantly run into only having so many hours per day or at least so many hours per day that I am ideally working. But then if like one of them is not done, like if I... It, it, it's a constant, it is a constant battle right now. Like if I'm doing the urgent stuff first, then I might feel like I'm not giving any time to the important work and that's not getting anywhere. So how am I going to do it? By trying to work a little bit more. Or if it's a day where I'm like, no, if you know, I'm going to start today on the important stuff. And then it gets to a certain time. And it's like, okay, I am running out of time and I have to do the urgent stuff with the deadline. You, you know, you, you know what the image that comes to my mind is, you know, the, the old Looney Tunes thing, you got the devil on one shoulder, the angel on the, on the other, except there's just two devils. Like, well, hey, this is important, but this is urgent. And you get like that. Yeah. It's more like the Jay and Silent Bob devils. <laughs> like when Jay and Silent I, I, it's Bob been so long since I've seen those movies, I, I actually don't remember any of that. Yeah, but it's like, but th no, that's pretty accurate. It's like, that's that's my biggest wrestling point right now. Um, is in that, especially because like, you know, if we're like business-wise, for example, I'm both the, I mean, I'm the quote unquote visionary of the gym, like, you know, coming up with a lot of the ideas of where I want the gym and the business to go to. And I'm still to a pretty large degree, the man working on like those bigger projects or putting them in place. Like, you know, we're a small, you know, we're a small like team here. They don't have like a whole staff to kind of like further delegate those things out. And mm -hmm. so that's where a lot of that struggle comes in. And for a lot of people too, if they're in a situation where they're both idea generator and also idea doer, it's like, you need to like really try, like it's really easy to get excited about those ideas, 
but we need to focus on the things that are more important, but then there's urgent things that need to get done. So, I mean, yeah, so that, that's the, that's the battle that I deal with on a literal daily basis. Um, and that's one of the things like, so one of the ways that can actually, you know, help with this is that's one of the things that every time I get to slow down and kind of reattune, say my schedule or look at my plan coming up for the next, whether it's even just the next couple of days or for the next week, because at that point I can take it and I have a better shot at, again, just kind of actually assigning when I'm going to work on what. And then if I'm smarter about it, which basically just simply means, am I actually learning from experience? <laughs> am mm-hmm. I actually taking what works and, and doing more of it and or how I did it? And am I being honest about what is not working and trying to do less of it or change it and apply it to the new schedule? Then I can try to keep improving on this. Yeah. So, so, so you you shared yours. I'll share one of mine. Like like, like my my voice that keeps me from wanting to take a rest uh, is so so after every workday there there's an uh, there's a time I have to be somewhere. Usually it's to be either at the gym, meeting my workout partner, at a martial arts class, something. There there's a thing that keeps me leaving on time. However. Uh, the, the what what the voice then comes up with is oh maybe you need to go into work a little early today to get get this handled so so like the other bookend is is less protected uh, and so so that's that's what Miles say um, so so if we think through like okay how do how do we help people figure out how to do this how to actually like build this in uh, without just saying I don't know try some stuff figure it out um, even though self experimentation is important. What what's kind of the stuff that let you really start figuring out how to how to properly build in different types of rest, deloading, and, and really making it so that the marathon of life was as painless as possible? Um, honestly, that's one of those things where experts helped me at least start being aware of it. Awareness was that first piece, and. And, you know, I mean, like either ex, like either coaches that I hired or like development things or mastermind programs, R- really, there wasn't one in particular that, that at least I can't remember right now that did that. But a pretty common theme among among some of those more successful programs is optimizing your schedule, taking care, taking care of yourself. Um, a little bit of Bruce Lee, you know, be water, what take what works, throw away the rest you know, that type of thing. So really bringing my, bringing my awareness to that type of strategy was really the first thing that helped me. Cause I wasn't like that at all before that, um, beforehand, like when I was working as a strength coach at WVU and then just, and when I first started the business, it, it really felt like the, my, like either the way to succeed or at least the way that I knew to succeed was to simply like outlast. And it was just keep going and keep going and work longer, sleep less. And, and it was brutal, but like, yeah, so that was where that went. So really it, it took that outside mentor position in a way to actually get me to start looking at it and then to start taking actual looks at it. And then, and then from there, I'm a visual person. Like aside, like when it comes to organization, I'm visual. So for me, it was once I started working on it, it was an actual writing it out, putting it on, making it look like a calendar, like a schedule, and then trying to like figure it out. Like that was, you know, my way, I'm, you know, lots of other ways could work, but for me, I usually have to see, like, I feel like I need to see that full picture before I can start moving things around. Like Robert Downey Jr. with his Jarvis computer type thing. I wish <laughs> I but that looks way quicker. But <laughs> So, so, so uh, basically, you you heard it enough from people you respected that you're like, okay, well, well, clearly there's something here. So let me explore this further. Right, exactly. And if I, you know, to bring the strength and conditioning side over the the personal training side is with our like with our clients here at the gym with our athletes. I'm gonna say you know eighty percent of the athletes are, just, you know, I say that word, but like anybody that we work with and train. Roughly 80% of them, we give a deload in their workout every four weeks, every fourth week. That is both a scientifically supported like 
pretty regular range for somebody who's consistently putting the work in. And like you said, like that helps not just simply make, not just simply handle it, but that also helps actually a lot of the improvement you've been working towards to actually become, you know, more permanent or longer lasting. Mm-hmm. It helps layer it in. And then you're prepared for the next leg up better. It basically, okay, so, so, so basically three on and then a deload work week. Right. Yep. So it's like three weeks of building up and then a deload week where you just kind of take that time, chill a little bit, make it a foundation. Again, just an easier week. You know, we take full weeks off less often. And that's usually either taken care of because somebody's going on vacation sure. or, or every once in a while based on a plan is something really big happening. You know, something like that. Um, so, 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 so let me ask you a question. If, uh, you know, if the science is okay, uh, for athletes it's three on and then take a, take a light week. How often do you take a light work week? Well, you ask me now, I feel like they're almost all light. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> um, but um, that's actually like, that's kind of in a way where I was going and that's what I've been working towards, except not so much. We well, actually, okay. So I've been working more towards the the last year, year and a half. I've been adding more of the moderate to long term breaks that you mentioned because I went I went a very long time without any of those uh, at all. So I've been doing more bigger, longer breaks, more experiences. That's also because I know from at least previous experience, it does take me a little while to get into rest mode when I do that. Like, it's not like, oh, hey, awesome. Like a one week vacations here and I'm instantly feeling like in recovery mode, free and relaxed. It might take me till day three to finally be like more relaxed, feeling more normal, not thinking about what I'm leaving behind, stuff like mm. that. Um yeah, so I've been focusing more on those lately, it, like like bigger trips. I actually have, um, I mean, t- like three on the schedule for the next nice. 10 months, I want to say, ranging from yeah, there's like a five day and two like in two different 10 day trips, um, which you have like have done 10 day like one time before. Uh, so I've been working more on those. The as for light weeks, though what I've been doing that or like just the weeks is I've just been trying to take, be more, be more serious about taking actual weekends off. Um, and which for me is actually like the, the version I do better personally with the version you mentioned of, I do better not really doing much on Saturdays, but Mm -hmm. then I like gearing myself up on Sundays. Um, so I like Sunday to be more of a planning day, organizational day than just a, grind through day. Um, and then I've been, I've been, when this is the one I've been still struggling the most with because of that important versus urgent thing though, is trying to do better at actually shutting off in the evening rather than again, just simply extending the work hours all the way until I can't stay awake anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That one's for me. That's conditioning. That is pure conditioning. I did that for so long that that's the hardest piece to turn off. Well, yeah. And, and, you know, for, for the listening audience, I mean, that, that, that's, that's such an important thing because when you have conditioned yourself to always be on turning off becomes somewhat difficult. Uh, And especially because, because we, we oftentimes ascribe uh, extra virtue to the people who work harder and take less time off. Uh, so you have just the purely conditioning part, then you have the social conditioning part that that it becomes very difficult to, in a way, convince yourself that it's just okay to to, to like take a damn day off. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a few surprising ones that I want to point out to people, uh, not because necessarily anybody needs to use them, but they're, they're, they're good thought exercises. Um, so like when, I, uh, of course I do a lot of, uh, couples and family and relationship counseling. Uh, one of the deloads that sometimes is necessary, but people, um, people miss out on sometimes there's couples that need to take separate vacations. Sometimes couples need to deload from each other, uh, 
and and not because they have a bad relationship, but, but uh, you know, sometimes there's there's just enough uh, stress in the relationship, either from like just different ways of being, different personalities, that uh, a deload in that way really kind of helps and enhances the relationship. But in a way, that's like that's almost taboo in our culture uh, to to allow couples to take separate vacations. That 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 to many people is some sort of signal of like of uh, dismissal or a, a signal that there's a problem or that you don't love each other or something. Um, but there's a ton of couples who, who when I pitch that idea, the, the ones that do it, at least half of them come back and be like, oh my gosh, this was so great. And we came back together and we, we, we missed each other. We had that opportunity to miss each other and it, and it was terrific. Um, so, you know, there, there's an unusual one that is actually uh, pretty helpful for a lot of people. There's other types of deloads that um, uh, people sometimes miss out on because uh, sometimes when you, when you get doing too much, sometimes you need to deload from very energy, uh, uh, energy, uh, expensive hobbies. So like, you know, if somebody plays rugby four nights a week, mm. that's relaxing, but it's also very energetically expensive. A lot of people will, will take the work time off and, uh, you know, still play the rugby, but actually sometimes it's, you know, uh, your body needs actually the deload from the, the exercise portion and not the work portion. So, and, and, I'm, and I'm cautious about saying that. And the reason I'm cautious about saying that is because here we are saying, make sure to take a break. And what it sounds like I'm saying is do a little less of your hobby, which, which is not, which is not what I'm saying. <laughs> it's being aware of what you need to deload from and trying things out. Um, and, Every once in a while, I've got to deload from jujitsu just because it, it's at my age. It's just hard on my body sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, so, so th th there, there's a few small thought experiments because realistically, it's hard to say here try this and like eighty percent of the people are really going to get a ton of mileage out of it. It's really like here's some ideas, and then people can try and see. Oh, what if I deload in this way? Does this work? Does this help me recover and regain energy? Um, I found a small daily one that, that I would never have imagined was useful, uh, but I have a tendency to keep a lot of stuff in my head because I, I have a good memory and, uh, you know, it's, it's fairly easy for me to recall a whole bunch of stuff I need to be doing. And, and at some point I figured out that that was, uh, that itself was energetically expensive. So one of the things I now have, uh, because uh, I would sometimes be like, okay, I got to remember to do this tomorrow, this tomorrow, this tomorrow, this tomorrow. Now, uh, in my little carpenter pocket on the side of my jeans lives a little notebook. And if I think of something that needs to be on the to-do list, out comes the notebook. I write it down and stick it back in the pocket. Nice. Mm -hmm. And then at work the next day, I just pull it out and I go through and I, I pull, you know, I figure out my daily to-do list from just everything in the book. Like, oh, okay, well, this one probably needs done today. This one, eh, that can wait. And I didn't appreciate at the time. I just, you know, tried something, but I didn't appreciate that that actually deloads me daily and keeps keeps a little bit of my energy in reserve instead of just using it on, nice. on yeah, memory. Like, you don't have to worry. You don't have to like keep in mind and worry about it. Yeah. Right. Like, oh my God, don't forget this. Well, now it's in the book. Now I can't forget. Yeah. My, my, my like, that exact thing, whatever you want to call it, be like my, I don't want to spend energy worrying about this, but I want to have it for later is emailing myself. That's just my, and then, and then when I'm going through emails later, I'll put it in whatever note section that I feel it actually belongs in. But it's funny because that's my, or if I want to just keep it in the bank, I'll just leave it there. Like, and just, you know, have like occasional spring cleanings of my email. And, you know, if it's still important, I'll put it somewhere. If not, then do it that way. There's um, without wanting to go into that rabbit hole, there's a few things like that. Like one really good one is called, I think there's the actual name of the book is like get shit done. A uh, really good organizing system for that. Like our friend RJ Nestor actually is the one who told like, told me about that one, but just a really simple way of like filing things like that and deciding whether it's just trash or to file it away just so you're not 
worry, like thinking about it all the time, like just like that. Um, yeah, it's funny because like listening to you say that reminds me of how often people take the little things like that and just don't, like I said, they, they let it just keep building and then you can't remember it and you get so mad. And that in a sense is a form of energy. <laughs> um, but it's fun because what I, without wanting to go down a rabbit hole, man, so often, so many things that were like meant to improve our lives like that are like what end up going crazy. Like, like with phones, with cell phones, you know, it was like, hey, easier way to connect to somebody when we need to. When they started making smartphones, it's like, okay, you know, we have notes, we have apps, things like that. But then people start doing it all the like either using that type of stuff all the time. And they end up not really focusing on using it productively at all. Mm -hmm. And it just becomes something else that they're managing. Oh, you know what? Uh, I, I really didn't think about talking about it today, but the, the, the thing you just brought up, uh, social media deloads. You see people announce that all the time. Like, I am taking a break from social media for the next however long. Here's how to contact me. Uh, and it's funny because I'm the guy between the two of us that rails against social media and is always like, here's how it's unhealthy for you. And I completely forgot to mention deloading from social media so i'm glad you brought up smartphones <laughs> mm -hmm. oh a lot of that stuff and i not like social media um gaming like i mean for serious gamers like that's an mm -hmm. energy intensive habit there's so many like basically very expensive on the dopamine yeah yeah if you are if you are very if you are emotionally invested in something it is thus an energy intensive habit that is not 100 accurate there are outliers but I'm going to say as a general rule of thumb, that's it. So whether it's... Yeah, that's, that's pretty decent. I'll, I'll, I'll sign off on that. <laughs> yeah. Like, so really a lot of those things, it's like, yeah, like if it's stressing us out, tiring us out, some sort of break from it. Um, like, like, actually, it's funny because like, you know, Ashley, my fiance, you know, her daughter, whenever, whenever she gets a break or like is given, you know, what, whatever happens and she ends up deciding to like not be on the iPad or something like that for a few days, it's like huge refreshing moment. Like I, you can just see the difference with that. And it's not that it's bad when she is, but you can just see the difference that not having that type of, that type of connection to like that part of the world or that type of like constant intake. Cause that's what it is. You know, we're getting so many intake of stimulus from that how we can refresh from those moments. And I've actually learned a lot from seeing that. It's like, wow, like those little breaks, like, <laughs> like enormous help. Um, like, I guess it's crazy seeing how those little things happen. And with the big things, it's funny because I was actually just thinking um, yesterday I was looking into like, uh, you know, fake audio, deep fake type things a little bit. And, mm -hmm. but just thinking about how, you know, that is one of those things that when you look at it was quote unquote, invented to help humans like who either lose their voice or something like that and it's like ah, that doesn't seem like what people are, are using it for <laughs> it's like, like just that constant ability of people to keep pushing on things rather than using it to make things actually a little easier a little more relaxing less stressful Instead, we just find other things to do with it. I'm you know, going you suggested you suggested another thing there that, that I, I I often recommend to people, but I didn't think of in, in preparing for us to talk about this today. Uh, I almost always recommend people deload from information intake. Mm. Uh, quite quite in fact, I, I'm on something of a permanent deload from <laughs> from. So you would call it something else because damn sure not a deload. I just don't. I, I just deliberately avoid a lot of stuff at this point. Um, but, you know, like, like uh, as an example, the, the news, I will glance at the headlines to see if there's anything relevant to either my my community, my work, or is in some other way actionable to me. And if it's not actionable, I have a tendency to, to not consume it at all. Like wildfires in California, well, there's, there's not much actionable about that, so pass and don't read nothing. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I end up telling people a lot of times to take – information deloads and just stop on the news for a week or two weeks uh simply because the thing you said a minute ago it was the was the golden part we take in so much information dot 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 
Uh, taking in information is energetically expensive. Deloading from that is quite useful. Mm -hmm. And it's all related. Like, yeah, whether it's the work life, the personal life, and the relationships, financial health, actual physical health and fitness, nutrition, you name it. All of these things, I mean, can either nourish us or wear us down over time. So really what we've been focusing mostly on, yeah, like the work and the tasks, a lot, I feel like a, a good amount of the information we've been talking about can actually be applied to those other things. If we, if you, if you find which one's really weighing you down the most, like making those little improvements there. Like I said, there's a lot, it's really hard to maintain even an easy work schedule if you're constantly, you know, just eat like treating your body like trash or, you know, something like that. Like, like th that will make simple things much more difficult than they need to be. So there's just, there's a lot that goes into these little pieces. Yeah. So, so um, I know that the, the, this was long on the case for deloading and, and, uh, and please do it. And a little light on suggestions just because each person's life is so difficult to like figure out, okay, what's the thing you need to deload from? So, so hopefully the takeaway from this is going to be try different things, but have the permission to take breaks from stuff and, and take breaks from anything. Uh, you know, I, I told, I talked about taking a break from remembering stuff. Uh, you know, there's a thing, uh, uh, some friends of mine are doing this, uh, this meal thing called hello fresh, where they're taking a break from figuring out what in the world they're supposed to eat. They receive a box with instructions and they just make it. Yeah. And they are taking a break from having to figure out what in the world to fix. I think that's a wonderful thing to take a break from. So there's, there's a ton of things that you can do. It's really just figuring out what is the thing you need to deload from that's going to, going to add to your life and be, and make things a lot better. Uh, but but if you if you find the right thing, deloading from that can, can really give you a big asymmetric benefit to uh, to a lot of areas. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, I love the meal prep one too. Actually, yeah, I've I've done that several times. Loved it when it goes well. Yeah, big fan of making that type of stuff easier. Yeah. All right, brother. Good talk. Like now, it's kind of a good fin like a good wrapping up right there anything else you want to add bullet point wise no i think that's it all right said so it is a friday afternoon right now so i mean if you listen to this live or shortly you know go have yourself a great weekend this <laughs> is like we're talking about like relax yes. get Saturday's deload. Yeah, whenever you listen to this in the future same thing just remember to take that time whether it just whether it's just short breaks starting to take evenings or mornings off, whatever your schedule, you know, kind of gives you and just remembering to actually do those times promised you that in the long run, this will pay off both in terms of health, sanity, but then also actual progress and success. You know, when you really get the focus on less things better, it'll, it's going to work out. It's going to work out better for you. So, all right, everybody have a great one. Thanks brother. See Always be talking with you.